Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Film Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Kyo. Before we get going today, I just want to give myself a little self-plug. And um, if you're listening week by week or bi-weekly as it's now become, the reason that it's bi-weekly, um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, is because I have another one. That's right, I have two podcasts. I can hardly believe it myself. Um, the other one is called Over the Fire. And yeah, it's basically a long podcast where I have really interesting people that I've met. Um, just on my travels that I just think of fascinating stories. So yeah, that first episode is up. Um, if you like, you can go head over to Instagram, give it a like, share, listen to me, friend Justin. I interview him. He talks about capoeira, kung fu being an overall parkour badass and growing up in Cape Town. Um, so if you're interested in any of those things, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, check that out. But for right now, um, we're here to talk about movies. And I'm joined by a fellow Cabra man. I think you're the first fellow Cabra man to have on the podcast. Uh, Owen Lohan, welcome Owen. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah. This is already fun. Yeah. I haven't uh, actually noticed the first episode of this other podcast going up, but it sounds good. Yeah, it's good. It's it's different. It it's was a idea. It's a different buzz, like because there's sometimes in this podcast where I'm like talking to people, and then we get like down a tangent about like talking about something, and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And there's some people, and I was like, that would be a fun podcast to do. And then there's also some people that don't really like films or film, movies, <laughs> and that I want to talk to. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you do meet some oddballs around the place. You know, when you get around the world, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's, I've know, met it, some weirdos. <laughs> yeah. In the best sense of the word. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely a weirdo as well. Like, uh, that's like insane all that. I'm allowed to say because I'm, yeah, I'm of course, a yeah. weirdo. That's, a, that's a great idea. You know, I'm sure everybody would love to think of all the most interesting people they've ever come across and just sit them down and say, here, listen. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> tell me what's going on with you. Um, but yeah, as I said, we're here to talk about films. Before yep. we do that, give yourself a little bit of an introduction, Alan. Um, oh, really? This, I'm not good at this part. <laughs> I am 26. I'm from Cabra. I went to the same school as Kevin. Played for the same club as Kevin. And now we both live in Vancouver. Yeah, that's funny. funny. We're just like down the road from each other, like, yeah, and yeah. but we're still recording separately because it's actually better. Surprisingly, I only have one mic, and I tried to do this. Um, we did a a live recording, or not a live recording, an in person recording with Dara and Tino, um, and they were both good, but uh, it was just it was just fucking annoying because we had to just sit in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, the, the first few episodes, you know, joking about that. The fact that you were literally in your closet. It's just, yeah, it's funny. I, I'm not in my closet anymore because <laughs> that sentence is pretty funny. Um, because I, Dara got me a better mic and it just works like sitting in my sitting room or my kitchen slash sitting room. So I can be actually comfortable. Now, I am beside my window, though, so I'm always curious, like, if people ever hear, like, there was a bird squawking there a couple of minutes ago, so, like, I'm wondering if people just, like, hear shit, or if my neighbours are just like, oh, this fucker is doing another one of these stupid <laughs> podcasts. I think the same now, because I'm, you know, we have to have the door open and the fan on, because the fucking heat. Oh, man, there's, there's it's sweating. It's yeah. so warm. Yeah, and that's the worst thing as well. I can't put the fan on whilst I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poor poor Sinead is probably dying. <laughs> She's got her headphones on and Love Island on the laptop, I think. Oh, all right. She's fine for so a while. She's, She's fine for a while. Yeah, so I think we'll get a few listens from uh, fellow Cabronians on this. For yeah, the first well, time. I mean, I'm sure the lads would get a laugh out of it, if anything, you know, even if they've never seen intermission. Like, yeah, I'm sure I feel like... Um, Anybody who's from Dublin, my or even Ireland, has seen Intermission. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't seen it up until poof, a year or two ago. I, I wasn't. Really? Yeah, I sort of i I got late to all these things. I wasn't really into this when I was a young teenager. I was sort of 
sheltered when all that time on the island and stuff like that. Oh, you know? yeah. And so it was only living here when I was living with the the two lads from Cabra, or from Tala, that uh, we just watched so many different movies and TV shows and all and sort of, and that's the first time I'd ever seen it. And I couldn't believe it. I thought Irish cinema was sort of dick. Yeah. You know, I never really gave it any thoughts, like, and uh, I sort of changed my mind about it, to be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um. So yeah, in case you haven't figured it out, we're doing intermission, the uh, fantastic film intermission. But that's so true, man. It's uh, even with Irish cinema, there's there's only a handful of films that are just like that are actually good. Yeah, yeah. Like Do you know what I mean? You know, five years ago, I would have only ever mentioned like maybe. Michael Collins or The Wind That Shakes the Barley. You know, those are the only ones that I actually went out of my way to watch. And it wasn't to do with the cinema side of things. It was just because we grew up in Cabra and I sort of wanted to watch them. Like, Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, I've gotten a little better at it. It went, I found out about things like, you know, The Van, The Snapper, The Commitments, all those. And then this, and, you know, I appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, there was definitely, like, those Roddy Doyle films, like The Snapper, The Van, The Commitments. Like, they were great. Um, so I'd say when they were coming out, um, people were like, wow, Irish cinema is really... Well, obviously, that's something that we'll get into because I'm curious. Um, obviously, I don't know if non-Irish people will get this comedy, but we'll get into that. Um, we'll dive into that in a second. Um, so, yeah, Intermission, for anybody who's never seen it, it is a 2003 movie. Is directed by John Crowley, who who also did. He's probably most well known for doing another film called Brooklyn, with Saoirse Ronan. It did really well. Um, great acting and big love story and all that stuff. He's done some other little stuff here and there, um, but Intermission and Brooklyn are his big things. And it was written by Marco Rowe, who was one of my favorite playwrights. So a little short segue here in college. Mark O'Rowe writes very Dublin plays, obviously, because for intermission. But he written he wrote two plays. Uh, two of his plays are called Terminus and um Howie the Rookie. And for any young Dublin actor with like a north side accent or even a south side accent, because there's a south side character in some of his plays, Mark O'Rowe's plays are just like a staple for monologues. <laughs> Like one of my monologues was like I've read these play his plays like a million times, and like some of his it's just because it's all Dublin. It's just like walking down through Dublin, like it's all monologue stuff, like you know. Um, it's very much basically like this film, except if you could imagine this film being told by one person playing all the different characters. So I'm a big fan of Marco Rowe, uh, and so is any theatre head, but. It, yeah, it was released in 2003. Stars Killian Murphy, Colin Farrell, Colin Meany, um, Kelly MacDonald, Shirley Henderson, uh, everybody. All the greats. Um, this one's going to be a funny one because I don't even know if I should do how much I made and what I made at the box office because I don't know if it's a fair equivalent to what I've done before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, like what? The, how much did it, it even? If it get? helps, yeah, I've 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 googled it already. So <laughs> okay, I haven't googled it yet. Um, I can't find. I couldn't find how much it made at the box office. I can find a budget. I haven't looked at the Wikipedia page. To be fair, I I saw two different things, but like, all right. Well, the budget is five million. Is what I found. Okay, and how much did it make? I I think the. F- like nationally, I think two point five, but then I think altogether, I think I saw some number that said almost five. Either way, I don't think it broke even, but uh, you know, it's strange because it should have. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money to put into an Irish film, like it you is. know, yeah, like, it that's is. a lot of money. Years ago, almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, hundred percent. Um, but for anybody who hasn't seen Intermission. Owen is going to be brilliant and he's going to give us a lovely 10 second summary of the entire film. 10 seconds? Yeah, right. I'll count you in. You ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. It's a, a love story, kind of, but also following the lives of 
a bunch of uh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took such a big pause, man. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I stopped. I had not practiced that at all. <laughs> man, that was hilarious. It's a love story. <laughs> <laughs> Following a bunch of <laughs> Well done. Uh, now, but that is, like, it basically is, it's, if I had to describe this, and I came up with this last night when I was watching it, if I had to describe this to anybody who's never seen it, it's the Irish Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It just goes from crazy story to crazy story to crazy story. It's, yeah. yeah, it is like that. It's so and funny. each thing of dialogue or each scene is a, it's like in a Quentin Tarantino movie, is like its own thing. Like you yeah. could take any scene out of this film and put it on its own and it would still work. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you pick up on the story quick enough and you'd be like, all right. It's just really brilliantly written, obviously, because Marco Rowe is a genius. But, yeah, they, yeah, a lot of the characters, like Colomini's only interaction with the rest of them is Colin Farrell and the few times he sort of tries to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. You know, so when every time you see him, it's like a, it's completely separate. You know, it's, mm. it's a new thing again. It's, oh, cool. We're into the Colomini section. You know, like it's a, it's away from the love story and you know something yeah. is happening because he's almost not connected at all and they all have their own little bits. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Colin Farrell's kind of like the glue of the thing, isn't he? He kind of connects them all. Yeah, really. He is. He's the way that everybody knows everybody. Like he yeah. even knows, uh, like he knows the bus driver. He knows the uh, Oscar and uh, John, the two lads. And yeah, then Colomini's character as well. He knows him well. God. <laughs> He's Ptolemy's character. Um, it's so good in this that I remember even just a couple of years ago and I'd just go over to my mate's gaff and we'd just be chilling. And uh, he just like put on best of Colomini and intermission. <laughs> you just it's so good. Oh, it's like so, right you like from, those artists. <laughs> the artists. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Um so fucking funny. But it's uh it's a film that like flips you on the head. Did Sinead watch this with you? No, she didn't. I asked her to, but uh, I, I just, it wasn't happening at the time. She, she wasn't feeling well yesterday. Yeah, from the show. I, when Dara comes back, because Dara's not here now, I'm going to get her to watch this because, oh, by the way, I don't know if I should be saying this, but it's on YouTube for anybody who wants to watch it. It's like, funny. oh, yeah, yeah. One of those that the full movie's just there. The whole film's yeah, just yeah. on YouTube. It was like, I was like, how am I going to watch this? And I typed it in. The whole film's on YouTube in good quality as well. Like, it's, and it's just, it's such an Irish thing. It's like the whole thing's on film, but nobody gives a bollocks. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to download it, it's so rare. It doesn't exist on these websites because nobody cares about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's But even like the opening, man, it's, um, I wish I could see it fresh again. Because like Colin Farrell talks you in so much, and then he just batters your own, and then he fucks off. The look of fear in her face as well. It was like, oh shit, this is like, she she look, looks really fucking terrified. Like she does really well for such a tiny little moment. Like, and then that's mm. it. For her. I do like that was one. That's one of my biggest things watching last night. Like, I found it just so funny how it's like it's a film that just perfectly encaptured Dublin at that time even now like there's a little bit of difference in Dublin now between there and then but just even the mentality it's so Irish it's just so well you're not even yeah you're right not even just Dublin just Irish it it just depicts Irish humor yeah the way Irish people are like perfectly like like watching the last night I was just blown away by like wow they've just nailed it They've nailed the culture, everything. And in saying that, do you think that someone that's not Irish could enjoy this? I don't know. I think it's sort of like, uh, like if just if it, if it's your kind of humor, like like an, um, the same way that Americans wouldn't have taken to the British office. Just it's a bit drier, it's mm. a bit sort of duller. It's not as exciting. But if you like the sort of Irish cynical go fuck yourself kind of everybody likes each other but everybody hates each other kind of a thing it's funny it's funny to see because you know it's like that's how they are it's how we are like the scene uh the first time you see the bus driver and the old man trying to get on is <laughs> like it's just like the most Irish thing ever <laughs> it's like 
It's too early to use the fact. You know it is. You know it is. You fucking know. <laughs> man, the funny thing is, I guarantee everybody in Ireland has like walked in a shop or someone in their job and they've 100% been in a similar situation. Like walking in the club, I've definitely been in that situation. You've had a Mr. Henderson. Oh, like an owl flower now and they'll come in. <laughs> And they'll be like, they'll know exactly how much like a vodka and seven up is. Or or now a good way of putting it is that we used to have this thing in, in the club where um you would give drink tokens. Uh so you give one drink token would mean one drink, and it would be a thing that you do. It's great, to be fair, it's great you do it with the old folks and they come in for Christmas and they all get tokens. But you give one one token would equal one drink. So, like, you know, if someone wants a vodka, that would be a token. Yeah. But they wouldn't be, and they knew this. They fucking knew this because every year they come back and they would kick up stink. They'd be like, sure, that's not one drink. It should be a vodka and a seven up. And in Ireland, a seven up is a separate bottle. <laughs> so it would have been two tokens, but they, they just, and they'd come up with their one token. And they'd be like, is this enough for a vodka and a 7-Up? And the back of your head, you'd be like, you fucking know it's not. You know it's not. You know the rules. But you're still doing it. And you'd give it to them. Like, you'd have to give it to them. Because, like, I'm not going to be like, do you know what I mean? But they knew. They knew that wasn't. An extra 10 cent. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. But, like, even stuff like that, like, you know, it's a 7-Up. Like, the vodka cost you, like, four something. And then the 7-Up will cost you, like, two two forty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but that's that's exactly it. That it captures all of those. Just like, and I completely forgot about that until I was watching it last night. Yeah, I could, um, I, I could remember even half the story. I just have it in my head. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Haven't seen it in ages. Don't remember any of it. You know? Yeah. It was so good to see it again. The shop that they work in. Um, it's like a super queen or a super value kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, one of those big ones. But um, the interactions even between how Killian Murphy's character talks with, like, you know, one that he walks with, um, they just, like, it's just so right. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's just two two mates talking. Yeah. And then when, it's, when he's on the, like, the floor and the girl beside him is stacking shells, it's like, that's just what a, a random girl from Dublin starts talking shit to you, like next, you know, like that's it's very accurate. It's just really yeah. is. It's exactly what it is. It's just very, uh, very nice to see. It's something that reminded me of home, to be honest. At this stage, yeah, it, it was that as well, wasn't it? Like, and because, and I, I don't know if I thought about it differently this time because we're around the same age as the main characters in it now. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. they're in between twenty four and like twenty seven, twenty eight. Do you know? So my big question is, how could Killian Murphy afford a flat by himself? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Not possible. <laughs> Not possible. The movie's a fantasy. <laughs> well, I suppose this was in 2003, so I don't really know what the... Uh, the market was like in Tala. The market was... Is that where he lives? Does he live in Tala? I think so. I It's all the... Uh, what do you call it? Like the opening credits and stuff, it's like it's a big map of Tala and all the like you know, drawn in paint and shit like that. And then when the girl is on the bus, Sally, she's like, Are we are we near Springfield? Yeah, I think that's in Tala as well. So I just assumed so. Yeah. For a Cork man, Killian Murphy does the one of the best Dublin accent ever. Yeah, I honestly didn't even know he was from Cork, to be honest. But yeah, he's such a good Dublin accent. Yeah. I've heard him speak before. And like not acting, like just uh, in interviews and on the news, and I never knew he was from Cork. Never knew yeah, that. and it's interesting because the Dublin accent itself, even for like other Irish people, is kind of like a, a hard fucking thing to nail. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they like, always go. Like I have a few mates from Tipperary here, and like whenever they try and do it, they be like Cabri. <laughs> like you know, they just they just can't really nail it. Um, um, like, but he does it without a bother to him. Yeah, he does, and Colin Farrell as well. Uh, Colin Farrell. I don't know what the other lads' original accents are. I think, I think actually, Colin, Colin Farrell's uh, a dub. 
He, he's that. a dub, but he doesn't sound like he doesn't sound like oh, a, a scumbag he, from Tala. But I, yeah, yeah. even that's you know it's the same as putting putting it on. But the uh, what's the bus driver's name? I keep forgetting his name. But he's from Cavan, I think. He's from Cavan, and you wouldn't know either. You, he's the exact same. The exact mm-hmm. same. He sounds like any bus driver in Dublin. Yeah, it's exactly like it, and he acts exactly like any bus driver in Dublin. It's so good. I am. Um, it, it's funny. Because all them Irish films, like say The Commitments, The Snapper, and even this, even though they were done, I don't know when The Snapper was out, hold on, I want to look that up now. Because uh, it's relevant to me in question. Um, they all have like a similar look to them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So The Snapper was out 10 years prior to this. But like the way it's filmed or like just the way they look, they have like the same kind of like, yeah, it's, you want to make it sort of feel like Dublin, so you make it sort of dull and yeah, it's kind of like a documentary kind yeah. of style the way they have it. Do you know what I mean? Like they they don't have that in the snapper the way the camera moves a bit. Yeah, like I did, I did like that. It's just someone walking around following them, even for the bits that aren't Colomini, where it's literally you know it's some guy doing that. But for yeah. all of them, yeah, it's fun. I love. Um, I feel like uh, the character that. Colomini plays he just has so much fun with it yeah he's probably sitting there between takes going right watch this <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> it's you know? one of those films though I'd say being on set of this film was great crack <laughs> each of them just yeah I'd say taking the piss and just laughing so much every time they were like just the things he was coming out with he's probably going I have to be up my own arsehole here to you know to play this fella right like and he just does it so fucking funny. Yeah. He does like the scene where he's like, that's why I'm an animal. And, you know, and things like that. And then even in the in the Jackson, the first scene, he's like, yeah. he's like right, like, uh, shut up, don't move and take your scold. <laughs> yeah, take your scold. I love, yeah. But even the way that Marco Rowe writes characters, each of them, like the way that is Dublin, the way they throw in the word man is like... Uh, all of them do it like, like me saying like, um, but Colomini does it. He's like, when he says that, he's like, I'm an animal. I'm ready, man. Oh yeah, man. That's the kind of stuff you're looking for, man. Or even uh, Colin Farrell would be like, what the fuck, man? Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a rhythm. And it's funny because in Marco Rose um, Terminal, our terminus and um, I want to make sure that it is terminus or terminal. I haven't read it in fucking ages. Um, in Marco Rose terminus, yeah, I was right. Uh, and Howie the rookie, they're written. I don't think it's in Howie the rookie because I haven't read it in a while. But in terminus, it's written in rhyme. Oh, like one of the one of the monologues. See if I can remember. Is like. As I walk, I'm stalking all the time, hoping for a sign of something living. Cars don't count, or sheep. It's people I'm looking for. A car to get so far. Like, so the whole monologue, it's written in beats in a rhythm. So it's like, but dum, but dum, but dum, which is kind of similar to how the dialogue is written in this film. Yeah. Or even how it's done. Like, you wouldn't even think of it, but it's just so well structured that it has a rhythm to it, like Shakespeare, like, or some shit, you know? Yeah, these are the things I'll, I'll, uh, that I, I like to know, not before a movie, but, you know, I don't like to know too much about a movie before I see it, but after I've seen it, you know, it's nice to know everything before you watch it again so you can try pick up on all these little things that I hadn't got a clue about beforehand. Yeah. Now, in saying that, um, I don't think, like, I, there is a rhythm to how he writes it, but... I don't know if he meant that. I just think he did because I've read his plays and they're written written with such rhythm that would make sense that he writes scripts in the same way, you know? But only somebody from Dublin that was like, like that breeds it, the whole, just the whole culture could make this film or write this film. It's just, it's just so crazy. It's so weird. Yeah. It's just mental. The like it is like pulp fiction in the sense that um 
say, do you know the scene, what reminded me of that or what gave me that idea for the analogy, do you know the scene where they're wearing the masks, so they kidnap um, your man to go to the bank and rob the bank. And then the two of them, after your man goes to the bank, two of them are sitting in the car and they both have the masks on. Um, and they're having this like conversation. But it really reminded me of the scene in Pulp Fiction where um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson are sitting in the car talking about cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. Because um, realistically, like, they're just two lads sitting in a car talking about the person they love. But it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it like reminds you that, oh, they're not just two bank robbers in the same place at the same time. Their lads are mates, you know, mm. sitting next to each other in a car. And while they have a couple of minutes, let's chat, you know. like, And that's very Tarantino. Like the whole thing is like, they're all, they're very casual about the whole thing. Like no matter, I think that's if I was describing it to somebody who wasn't Irish, I'd be like, all right, the stakes are really high, but they're still really casual about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, they, nothing in this movie is like in a hurry. Nothing is serious. Nothing like yeah, they're, like, they're so bad at bank robbing. It's like just, they're, they're not even serious. They don't even care about it. After it's over, they're sort of like, ah. Yeah, you know, Asha, like, we gave that a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like when Colin Farrell, this fucking bit really got me. Because the masks are so well picked that you can see their eyes behind it, um, but you still see the character. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can tell between each one, like not just because of what they're wearing or stuff, but like, because the character moves, the face mask moves a little bit to show the character. It's weird. It's fucking weird, but you can I, tell. I could definitely notice Killian Murphy, uh, because he's got just mental blue eyes. Like, ah, oh, his eyes are like, great. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, uh, the other two I didn't notice, but yeah, that's a what we call him. Farrell, like the casualness of like when he's waiting and he's guarding Deirdre with the gun, and he sees the walk. <laughs> the whole conversation about the walk is so like it's just it's, so it's, I've had that conversation a million times. Like, and is that good? Is it? And what would you use that for? Oh, it's very interesting. I hear they say that this oil is supposed to be the good thing. And it's so true. He does it at the start as well. That opening scene when he's talking to your one, he's like, you need to uh, acquire an abode and then you need to furnish said abode and get your necessaries, your, what did he say, your walks, your juicers and things like that. He's like, yeah. so he's like okay, he, this man wants a walk. Yeah. It, he's it, like staking out the, the house ready to, uh, I guess just watching your man Sam before he tries to kidnap him. He's like, he has a, I think it's called, I don't know, either essential houseware or something like that. And he's like circling things that he wants. Oh, shit. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. He fucking is. <laughs> yeah, he's like a little, uh, uh, you know, he loves oh, it. my God. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he's a little uh, gourmet cook in the kitchen. That's so interesting. That That's just like a... Uh, a trait that the character has that like it it just makes him more of a three-dimensional character yeah it does there's like okay yeah so this fella is not just the scumbag he's also yeah there's there's a little more to him yeah he's aiming for bigger things but there's also the colin farrell's character i feel like kind of an innocence do you know what i mean like i feel like he's like victimized by colomini anyway that's for sure yeah, you feel, <laughs> yeah, feel bad yeah. from any time, you know. After that first scene with Colomini, you sort of feel bad from a little bit, but but I feel like Colin Farrell's character is like that young flat on the bike. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just growing up, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's just that wild young flat that never really had any guidance. Isn't so that, that that kid, like, it's just a, a weirdly large part of the movie. You know, he sort of he causes. The bus so to much. crash your man to lose his job. He gave Colin Farrell a black eye by smashing the window in his car as well. And essentially gave the two of them reason to need rob. to fucking rob yeah. the bank and go from there. Like, Yeah, he really does that well, Marco Rowe, and all of his stuff, even in the, the two players. He, he plants like little things that come up later on. Um. 
like a lot like there's lots in his plays there's lots of like all these different storylines and little kind of things that would be like you'll say it and it'll come back up later on just like it's tough it's to a, feel like that yeah it's like a puzzle piece yeah you know what i mean i could never really understand you know i was never good at english in school i was sort of more of a numbers kind of person but right. you know, the idea of writing an essay and just the i was just sort of like a, okay I'll, I'll write this next two sentences and go from there kind of a thing you know but to be able to see a, a big sort of a, a picture you know like you'd see like a a police board with everything fucking connected, a storyboard kind of a thing. To be able to yeah. see that from from early on is, is actually mental. I don't know how people do it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, definitely a, a different way of the brain operating. Yeah. Like my mind, like I'm very, my brain is very geared toward that sort of stuff. Um. Well, obviously because yeah. I, I'm a writer and that's what I do. Um. But like numbers for me, man, it's yeah. gibberish. One of you know the, what I mean? other like, usually. It's not like, yeah, just gibberish to me, but it's definitely interesting how the brain works with that, isn't it? That you're, it's almost like you're predisposed, like you are predisposed to just be good at specific stuff, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Like from what I know of Marco Rowe, um, he he grew up in Tala, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just... Like a lot of his stuff that he writes, he says just came from like seeing lots of fucking mad, violent shit. Like when he was younger, or crazy movies. Do you know what I mean? Like, so he just picks all this up. Do you know what I mean? Like he definitely had a a thing from a young age where he was just seeing. He just clicked to this thing, and he just knew how to express it in a specific way. Yeah, just seeing something and thinking. Okay, this could be a good idea, and I know how to make it a good idea as well. You know, like it's yeah. Because if you think about it, if you look at this film, I guarantee that every character in this film, you can pick someone that you kind of know <laughs> yeah. that is that person. Like even down to the young flat on the bike. Yeah, like you know who that young flat is. The Killian Murphy character, hundred yeah, percent. The the Colin Farrell character, like you know loads of them. The Colomini's, like, all of them. Even the outfit in the pub that has your man in the wheelchair to hold up the drink. Like, you might not know him exact, but everybody knows that outfit in the pub that if you caught in the corner with him, you're like, oh, bollocks. That fella is so fucking funny. Just to have him in there, it's just such a funny idea. Like, when uh, Oscar comes in at the start, he's like, straight away, I'm not holding your point for point, you. yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to have to listen to you. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Like... So he, that's the beauty of it as well. He just picks, like, so what he probably would have done is, like, he's writing the story. He's like, oh, yeah, I know a character like this. Well, this is how I would do shit like that and how I'd like to think how he does it. He's like, he starts off with, well, it's a love story coming with this. And then I know this character come in here. And I don't know if he knows how it's going to come back in. Yeah, yeah. But he knows he does. So, like, maybe he has the umflet throw a brick to the wall, uh, to the glass. And then, like, when he gets later on in the story, when he's writing, he's like, right, well, I need something else to happen here. He's like, oh, why don't I use that umflet again? You know what I mean? Yeah, this would be good, yeah. But uh, I've never watched a film um, that I've seen so much of, like, people I know in it. Like archetypes, like like caricatures of people that I know. Yeah, it is. I don't think there's any like that either. Even in the other, the other Irish movie, the commitments are sort of. Unless you're in a musical world, you're not gonna. Like if mm. you know, if you're in a, a musical world in Ireland, perfect. You know every member of the band and how they go, and these people in your school and shit like that. Yeah, it's fine. But this is more sort of like. Just tell it. May as well be cabaret, you know. And yeah, it's the life you grew up in, it's everything you know. Like this, I think, yeah, it definitely has a thing as well. Because so, I would have been 10 when this came out, you would have been like eight. Um, like the snapper came out the year I was born, so maybe it's just closer to relevance to us as well, though. Because you know, it's closer to us now, yeah, yeah, now, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if a new film was made now, 
Like we relate to him much more. Not that we don't like relate to the snapper anything like we do. It has the same comedy, it has the same beats, like it has the same jokes. But there's definitely I see a lot more that I recognize in intermission than I would in the snapper or the commitments. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dublin changed in those ten years and it's changed a lot again since then, really, you know. I'd say you wouldn't notice it until someone sticks it together in an hour and a half and you get to watch how different it is. And yeah. Then, yeah, but yeah, it would be very different. Well, it's interesting because Adam and Paul came out the year after this. I've never seen Adam and Paul, man. Have you not? No. Wow. So that's another one you should watch. Like, if I'm throwing it up to, like, great Irish films that really capture what Ireland's like, um, yeah, The Commitments, The Snapper, uh, The Van, The Guard. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen the Guard's <laughs> really good. It's a great film. Uh, Adam and Paul uh, Intermission um, I'm probably missing something fucking and somebody's like somebody's at home's like how dare you fucking miss that one like obviously you have The Wind That Shakes the Barley and all that shit but like yeah, yeah. you know that's they're big films like you know like they feel like these ones are independent little films Um, because like The Guard is great but I think it's more down to the country you would have spent what well, how do you how, actually how would you react to the guard because you spent so many times living on the fucking island Inish, Inish, more, man. Inish, Inish man. man and there actually were no guards on that island wasn't that that's so Irish. <laughs> no yeah they had to like i can't remember how it worked they either made like a monthly visit or something stupid like that you know from Inish more they get the boat over for the day like just to see yeah, everything's all right yeah it was, it was just so weird that's it is like that though but, and you know, out in places like that, even when there's no guards or few guards, they sort of police themselves a little bit, you know, all the farmers and the old ladies run the place and everybody's making yeah. sure that things aren't going wrong, you know, like everybody looks after each other down there. Yeah. And it would be the exact same if uh, Don Cheadle showed up on Inish Man as well. People would react the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's funny how it works, though, in with Irish cinema. That so, if you look, oh, let's see when the guard was released. So, if you think of it, and I'm saying this, I know I have some people that work in the film industry that I'm friends with, um, and if I'm like saying, "Oh, there's been like no great Irish films," I'm like, "Fuck you, man!" I'm like, "Look, I'm just calling it as it fucking is. Like, you know, it just is what it is." Um, but it seems. From what I'm after looking at, it's walks in like close to like a 10 year rotation. So 1993, you had the snapper came out. 2003, you had intermission. And 2004, you had Adam and Paul, two great films. Then 2011, you have The Guard. Yeah. So it's... so we're doing. Well, yeah, 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 we're definitely doing a decent fucking movie at this stage. Um, you may... Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I can't Does Colin Farrell still act? He does. He's going to be in the new Batman. Is he really? He's going to be playing the Penguin. That's another thing as well. There's so many people in this film that are so fucking famous now. Oh, yeah. I, I actually saw that. I didn't even realize, but the, uh, oh, shit, what's her name? Kelly McDonald. Yeah. What a fucking career she's had. Yeah, the list man. of things she's been in is incredible. It's so fucking good. And uh, even... Your uh, man, the bus driver, or not the bus driver, your man that she's sleeping with is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. And he was in... I didn't realise it, but what, what was he in? Fuck. The Justice League. He was in the... Not not the last one. I think he, I think he was in the Justice League. Hang on, let me see. Yeah, it was the Justice League. Yeah, he was the leader of the terrorists in the Justice League. Oh, I remember thinking, I never actually noticed. Never, never <laughs> knew. Yeah. But there's, it's a long list of things he's been in as well. I am. Um, when I'm thinking of this film, certain scenes just stick out to me head. Know what I mean? Like, like when you watch it as a whole, it's brilliant. Like, it just flows so well. Yeah. But. I love everything with Oscar in it. Uh, I thought he was, he was actually, he was great to listen and talk to you. Sort of like. Which one was Oscar again? Is the he best, the best mate? The best mate. best mate. 
he was just he's, sort of like a sad little character but he you know he, he was a nice man he talked sense he was nice to listen to he's but, so refreshingly honest yeah he is do you know what I mean like there's a respect to that <laughs> him and uh, and and Sally I guess that's why the two of them ended up together they're the same kind of people they both got out of that habit of doing what other people from Dublin do and you know and they actually spoke their minds and they were honest and you know really meant well which is not yeah. a very Dublin thing yeah it's there is people in Dublin that are like that which is funny as well like there's I've never really met that outside of Dublin maybe once or twice that there is these rare people that will share 100% of like embarrassing stories with them and they won't be embarrassed at all like they won't even blink like they'll be like it's such a like genuinely like there's such a genuine people that they're like oh, like it like him he's like being like oh man I can't wank yeah like cry I cry and I can't wank do you know what I mean and to him it's not even an embarrassment thing he's just being he's looking for answers <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a he's a man you want to he's a man you want to have a chat with yeah like he I like those like those um, Killian Murphy is well. definitely the typical Irish lad. Like the way he plays him, like you know, he's like he's kind of like your base operations, you know. Like everybody else is kind of a bit of a mad character or a caricature. He's his character is just um like like the baseline almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is. He really is. Um, like he has his moments, like when that scene where they're doing the brown sauce, and he's like, "It's fucking nice, man. Do you want some?" Like that. That's very good. Like he he's. He's really good in it. Like he's brilliant in it, but he's definitely the baseline. That's such a weird part of the story. Just the fact that he could only steal a crate of brown sauce, and now it goes in everything. It's just so weird. Just yeah, that there. What? Is- <laughs> oh, you know, no. One of the parts that made me break out laughing that I completely fucking forgot about <laughs> when. They're telling the story of what happened to her sister. And like, it's all going normal. It's just like, oh, and then she had the money and then she robbed her. And then he took his shite on her chest. It's like he tied her to her bed, told her she was a shite lay and took a poo on her chest. <laughs> and then she was left there for two days and found by her mom. It was like, oh my God. Like, that's, of course she's traumatized. But the best thing about that whole thing is your man's reaction. He's like, what? On our chest, he's like, "Yeah." He doesn't even laugh. He's like, "Jesus, well, I don't blame her for not wanting to fucking go, get with any other men." And then that's just it. Oh. Like that—that's the epitome of Irish comedy. That like they don't even laugh. They're just like, "Well, obviously she's fucking annoyed." So I'm like, "Right, well, that's it." Like, God, I don't know how they can fucking. But that's like I know I keep coming back to Marco Rose writing, but it's just so good that that. Even without showing that scene, it just creates such a visceral image. Like, I can see her tied up, like, with just a shite on her chest, like, crying. Like, right, that's want, what he does. Yeah, I want to ask because you hear about, like, uh, uh, actors, let's say A list actors in Hollywood mm-hmm. and stuff like that, really good uh, improvisers. You know, mm-hmm. they make up their own lines. They can kind of change them. Maybe there's a gap in the script where it says this funny man comes up with something funny kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. When you're working in like let's say smaller companies in Ireland, is there room to be bold enough to go and fuck with the lines and change your lines and do what you want? Or is someone going to come around and, you know, like a, a Dublin kind of a thing, <sighs> you say, shut up and say your lines kind of a thing. I wonder... <laughs> I think there is for some projects, but I don't think so for this. Is anybody going to come around and say, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> I think Marco Rowe's script, scripts are so airtight. You, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you don't even need to. They wouldn't even need to. Yeah. Like there's sometimes like that can work when you improvise and you do shit. Now, I don't know this. I don't have any knowledge. I don't know what happened and think, but... I'm just going from like reading his plays. Yeah, yeah. And just a thing. Like everything, every dialogue in this seems very Marco Row. Um it's visceral, it can be disgusting, but there's beauty in the disgustingness of it. And it's so airtight. Like it's just 
perfect. perfect. It is perfect. It's real. It's exactly what they like, are even, supposed to do in those situations. Yeah, like, even exactly. the like the fact that that's a ridiculous situation. It like it's so ridiculous. Like like she tied him up and took a shit. Or he tied her up and took a shit in her chest. Like like the fact that like that's so crazy. But we just accept it. Yeah, he has as a writer, he has the ability to do that to make you believe the unbelievable because it's realistic. Um, he he paints so like because I think it's a skill that he developed from playwriting because in his plays you don't see any of this shit. So in his plays he could describe now one of his plays, one of the characters is like this evil fucking um, serial killer, um, and he ends up like dying and he turns into a demon and he still has like a Dublin accent but he's a demon and like he ends up like riding this one this other character in it um whilst he's a demon then they have sex on top of a crane he like has wings and he flies on top of Dublin and it's bizarre but it's amazing it's so out of this world but you believe it yeah because he's just so, I don't know if it's because he's just so good with language and like the accent. He writes his plays in Dublin accents. Yeah, and that helps. That helps. I'd, I'd say they probably uh, got a hold of that script. If that's the way he wrote that script, you get a hold of that script and you think, this, you know, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't wait to say these things. Yeah, as opposed to trying to change them. You know, like, this is going to be fucking funny. I love the whole scene where they go into town and it's like the L one's nightclub. <laughs> she was a head case. Yeah, yeah. That can, that like, in, but like, even when you're talking about, you forget about all these little, it's like a giant river, but has all these little tiny streams, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's another world, another story. And somehow they all end up there at the same time because I guess the divorced woman wants to get out and find basically someone to get over her husband with. And they got there by accident, and uh, it's just yeah, Oscar and Oscar and you know, Deirdre O'Kane. Jesus, that uh, that whole little thing how they tingle together is just funny. Just yeah, funny. and she batters him. <laughs> <laughs> the poor fella, you know, he's delighted when he has a couple of scratches on his back after the first go. Yeah, <laughs> and then he, he just absolutely lumps somewhere else. Um, this has a post credit scene. I didn't even fucking know that has two post credit scenes. Does it? Oh. Yeah. There's a there's a post credit scene. Like it's <laughs> fucking Marvel eat your fucking heart out. There's one where she's where your man Martin, the fella cheated on her, her husband. Oh yeah. He's back he's, living with her. Yeah, yeah. And she's fucking battering him to change the channel. Yeah. That's how she uh gets him to behave from now on, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if this one's a post credit, this might just happen at the end. But it's funny at the, with the boss. And he's like driving the, their old boss. And he's like, I'm the boss. I'm the man. You do all my hell you to do. And then the young bloke fucks the rock through the window. Like, <laughs> oh, that fella is so funny. What's it? As they say in the US, you know, how many times did he say that in the yeah. movie? It's like just everything he fucking did was like, I hate you. I've had you as a boss before and I hate you so much. Mm. <laughs> and when everybody, you could tell that he was an arsehole and not just to the staff when, uh, listen, I don't know if it would really happen, but maybe he really was hated when uh, Killian Murphy lumps a can of peas at his head and everybody starts cheering. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have you seen Dublin Old School? I want to take back what I said. That's a good film. Have you seen that? So that's based on uh, a play as well. Um, kind of like a, it's a similar play to what um, Mark Rowe's play will be. And it's Emma Kerwin does it. You know Emma Kerwin? I, I know the name. Well, yeah, I, none he, of the stuff. I think- you'd know him. He does like, he did um, Sarah and Steve um, on YouTube. He did he does slam. He's a really. He's been around for years. He's a great fucking writer. He's brilliant. But he turned his play Dublin Old School, which is a monologue play, which would be like what the players Mac Rowe would do. Yeah. And he turned that into a film. Oh, that's cool. Um. And it's interesting because having 
seeing that play and then seeing the film, I 100% think that you could turn... I'd say I'm curious, and I don't know if it's true or not, if Marco Rowe, like had this idea as a play first and then it was a film. I probably wasn't. like They are probably like, here, I want, I want to write this play and want to, I write, make this film and will you write it for me? But um, it could 100% be a, a play with just one person or two pairs of people. I can see it, yeah. That's cool. I might uh, I'll add it to the list anyway. I did. I just sort of put a big blanket ban on all Irish things for a long time. You know, I, I just sort of... 100%, not man. That, not that I uh, had any reason not to watch them, but, you know, if, if like for years, if someone... Uh, I guess it depended on who it was. You know, if someone recommended a movie, I thought, ah, I just don't trust you to give me a good recommendation kind of <laughs> And that's why a lot of things got swept under the rug. But uh, I got a long list of shit to catch up on from back home and otherwise as well. But, but it's also, it's funny because um, it has the same, like they're different, but this and Father Ted kind of have like a similar, they have the same genes. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's the same DNA in comedy. And I've had American mates watch Father Ted and Dara's watched Father Ted and they just don't get it. I don't think Sinead finds it so funny either. Um, I just sort of um, things now. There's no oh, yeah, continuous right, lesser. Yeah, Sinead's um, from Spain and I am, and Dara, as you probably know already, is from America. So, so yeah, it's it, just the, the, the dry, the, yeah, the dry old Irish, just, priest talk it's just so fucking funny it's yeah, yeah that's that's one of my favorite shows of all time and i would like I, they're different funny. they are different but they share the same dna you know what i mean like it's the same beats it's the same humor it's fucking it can be fucking stupid and ridiculous but they play it so casual that it's just so funny isn't the, is there a guy the guy who teaches the the lecture, uh, you know the, the sort oh, of I completely forgot sp- about the lecture. Public speaking. Oh, that guy is in Father Ted. I think he plays the. Sure, Pat Shorts in the film as well. He's the fellow that owns the chip, the fish and chip. Oh, he is. Uh. Of course, he is. <laughs> the guy who was like, I think I don't know whether it's the one where he hosts the Eurovision, or you know the guy who's like, I made the BBC. Is that him? It's him. Yeah, I think so. I made the baby. Uh, fuck, just thinking about those even small two scenes. Like those, there's so many gems in this film. Like so many just like little golden nuggets that, like I said, you could break this film up into scenes and each scene would walk and be hilarious. That's like a, that that's scene with the lecture. One, but hilarious. Go in your man. Just like, have you ever just been in the dip? And like, you can't wipe your arse and you take a shot. And nobody could look at your dreams are mad, aren't they? <laughs> You're so, it's or even with Pat Short's character, that little like two minute scene where he's like, "You like fish and chips, don't you?" And she's like, "I like onion rings." He's like, I "Have to say, that's not my favorite part of my produce." <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 a masterclass. Yeah, I've said I use that word too much in this podcast, but that's because we have masterclasses on here. But it is a fucking masterclass of script, acting, directing. Just it just encaptures the soul of Dublin. I think it does. Nails it. Nails it. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's a. It's really a good. uh, I would say that's a great advertisement for Dublin. You know, all the all the dirty parts. I would happily, if someone said to me, what is Dublin like, even now, mm. here you go. <laughs> That's great, because even though it shows you the fucking bad and the scummy part of it, even that's the scummy it. part of it has a charm. Yeah, that's it. That's us. <laughs> it just has this charm that you can't help but like, fuck, I love it. It's great, isn't it? It's fucking great. <laughs> um, Right. I have a few questions here for you. These questions are going to be tough now. Okay, great. Um, what was your standout performance? Uh, oh, Jesus. I don't know. They really were. There's so many good performances. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, I don't want to say six or seven of them, but I will say Colin Meany. Colin Meany. You know, he's just... 
hundred percent. You know, that, he made me laugh the most. <laughs> he was yeah. just so serious. Everything he did from, from like, just the little bits, like the, the love for Celtic mysticism was like the only human thing about him. Why'd you have to say that about yourself? Man, that's so odd. And all these um, things he could have gone pro, he's an animal, and you know, like, yeah, yeah, everything he said, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an animal, man. <laughs> is this what you want? Is this what you want? This is real. This is me. <laughs> no better, fucking man. Yeah, no better, man. <laughs> he's so funny. And then at he, the end, it yeah. was, uh, I couldn't, uh, do you know what? I actually couldn't, uh, like I sort of thought about at, at the end when he goes, right, basically, I'm gonna kind of fight Colin Farrell. He drops his gun, he gets out with his fist, and he <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this happens to people and sometimes, you know, Colin Farrell just shoots him. That's what yeah. as you do. He's like, okay, well, you won't last time, I'm not gonna do it yeah. again. It made me think of uh for some reason someone told me a story about Battle Axe who played fullback for the juniors for <laughs> Oh, <laughs> shout what? out to keep burn, what a man. <laughs> In the middle of a game, he dropped his hurl dog off his helmet and then got smacked in the head with a hurl by your man he was chasing after. And I just thought, oh, you had your weapon. He doesn't even need it. <laughs> he, he, it uh, Battle Axe would take that, he'd be like, was holding me back. What, what a man, shout out. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> and I'm sure it happens plenty in movies where someone tries to be, uh, right, I, I don't need this weapon to fight you and just clearly just gets taking the piss out of basically immediately but for some reason that's that's the only thing that came to mind and i just thought it was so funny yeah um he was yeah colomini would be my standout performance as well he plays everything so dry he just there's so many men like his character in dublin like an overwhelming amount of people like him in dublin and he just nails it um all right character you most relate to um, I don't know. One of the um, it's either Killian Murphy or his mate Oscar, minus the inability to masturbate. <laughs> you just want to let the crowd know yeah, yeah. that you're like, I, I am fully functioning. That is the only thing that we have in common. So, in. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. One of those two lads, it's hard to say. I'm gonna pick either of them. Yeah, I mean, that's fair because, like I said, Killian Murphy basically is the baseline for like a typical Dublin lad. So he's very like easy to relate to. I think that's the idea of his character as well. Um, What's your favorite scene? Uh, I'm going to say the first scene, the opening scene, because the first time I watched the movie, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And that sort of got me right away you know i was like oh shit that was not expected at all here we fucking go this is going to be great and i loved it i thought it had me hooked immediately so that was i thought it was great just for that and you know the little speech he gave trying to charm the girl you know the little back and forth and and then it was just yeah that was brilliant that was brilliant that's my favorite that's a great saying my favorite scene is definitely when they're having the brown sauce and the tea just yeah. the little the the like the 20 seconds in between that is brilliant it's it's the most irish thing ever like he has a fag hanging out the side of his mouth and he pours pours the brown sauce and says, nice man you want some you scummy fuck <laughs> and and at the start he's he's so he's so disgusted like he's so disgusted and then your man's like it's delicious and then by the end he's just like that's not fucking bad, man. That is delish, man. <laughs> like, it's yeah. the biggest toy around ever. But he does it so well. Like that that scene is the epitome of like Irish. Of just like being Irish to me. <laughs> I love it. That's have you ever had it? Have you ever had tea and brown sauce? I never have. And uh didn't even remotely interest me looking at it. I, there was not a part of me that actually thought I will try that now. Not a part. I'm hundred percent. I haven't tried it. Um, but you want to know every time oh yeah definitely I'm definitely gonna try it every time I watch we never had brown sauce in the house though no, you know what I mean like I don't want it enough to go out and buy brown sauce like I didn't want it that badly do you know what I mean yeah, but yeah. we didn't we weren't really a brown sauce <laughs> but if someone ever offers it to me I would say yes 
No, I'm going to make it a thing now. When I go home for Christmas, I'm going to have brown sauce and tea. 100%. Have you ever known anyone who's done it? I don't think I have. I, yeah, me mate Lee has done it. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, just like, as in, saw the movie and thought, I want to try it kind of a thing, or just drinks? Oh, yeah, them, everybody has done it for the movie. Like, um, I'm fairly sure Lee has done it. Um, me, Lee, me mate Playroy, who's been on the podcast, he's, if anybody's done it, he's definitely done it. Um, yeah, I'll find out. It can't be that bad. No, it can't be. What's the, I mean, fuck it. What, just... Pour a new cup if it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite line? Uh oh, right. I don't know. There's a couple. There's a couple. I I loved when uh <laughs> when the old man just said when he was handed the point in the bar, the man in the wheelchair, and the first time he said, he was like, fair play. He was like, right, throw me on the ground. <laughs> I just thought, what? That's a bit mental. <laughs> and what else was it? And then I think, yeah, Colin Meany in, in the Jacks when he was saying, right, stand there, don't move, take, take, take your skull. That was a good one. That was, that was a good one. Then just to watch it happen. Mine, I'd say, is. Oh, what's that? When Colin Meany, when they're forced doing the video, Colin Meany, and he goes up to your own, he's like, would you give me a ride to come on it? Probably. The hell are. <laughs> Not a hell are. The hell are. The hell are. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Yeah, that little fucking trek he went on. He walked into this fella's house. He was called him a scumbag, bet the shit out of him and fucked off. <laughs> it's because he felt like it. Yeah, the late oh, Carl Shields, yeah. Fucking hell. Um. Yeah, that whole character as well, like the character that filmed Colin Meany, he's a great character. Like he's a small character, but I know a lot of people like him as well. You know, yeah, plenty of Colin um, Meany's in the club. Yeah, there is plenty of Colin Meany's in the club. And uh, finally, what impact do you think the film had socially, and then what impact does that have personally? Uh. Socially, well, I, I didn't watch it at the time, but I know how loved it is. It's a bit of a cult classic, I'm sure. It's in the top three or five favorite Irish films for anybody, you know, who watches Irish films. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know, socially it's hard to say because I just didn't see it 20 years ago. I, I didn't know what effect it had, if any. I only saw it a year ago. But so for me, it sort of just reminded me that Irish cinema wasn't shit. <laughs> and it made me want to watch, you know, the others and get back into them and sort of find more Irish movies to watch. So it helped. And it was nice to see it again. I thought, you know, it's so real, it's so accurate, it's so funny. And uh, yeah, it reminded me of home so much. Yeah, I loved it. That's why I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely had a... Um an impact in that like it's still relevant today like yeah. there's definitely people like if you like obviously there's some people that haven't seen it but i know eight out of ten people that i know here like irish people here that if i say intermission they're gonna like oh man what a film and i think it's all we're all feeling the exact same thing especially when you're away from home you're like wow that really like captures everything that home's about I think, yeah, it's definitely a, it's a pillar. It's a pillar in film, in Irish film. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, that's, that's that. Fucking. That was great fun. There you go. I was actually a long time listener. Uh, well, not a long time listener. Just like since you found out I had a podcast, you've been fucking blasting them. <laughs> yeah, not too, not too long ago. When did you start it? I don't see the dates on the episodes. I never would look. And we started this, I think it was last September, maybe. Oh, that's um, I watch Jesus. I was going to say it's not too long ago. It's almost a year. That's plenty. It's almost a year. Or was it last September? I can't remember. It's almost a year in any way to the, this point in any way. Um, so there was a good few episodes. I did a season. Like, this is technically season two, but like thinking back on that now, I kind of regret doing that. I just took a break. Um, I was like, because then I, now I have to remember the numbers of the episodes. And you're just like, oh, 
Oh, you never know because you don't have them numbered on Spotify. We have so when I put them up on Anchor, it's like you can pick say what episode it is and like what number it is and what season it is. So like I still do do it. Season finale. It was in- um season finale i had hartley on um my may hartley and we did like a recap of the year in cinema which i'll probably do again um at the end of this year um so but it's definitely i've definitely gone back into not that i wasn't enjoying it for a while but it was hard keeping it up week by week like originally I had it week by week, but bi-weekly is really good now. And doing the other podcast, it kind of gives me a break and I don't have to prepare as much. But um, yeah, um, we're back. We're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds good. And the other ones sound great as well. I'll get on to that as well. Yeah, thanks very much, man. Well, for everybody that's listening, any Cabronians out there, give you a shout out. Uh, any uh, of the parish. <laughs> On the bars. Uh, we'll, um, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. When you're stuck again, I'll still be in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so next week, so um, we won't have an episode. In case you're just catching up now, it's going to be bi-weekly episodes, um, which means not this, fr- not next Friday, but the Friday after that. Next Friday, we'll be releasing a in over the fire podcast i'm hoping to have a friend of mine on whitney who is an ex-mormon um so we're gonna get on there's a story there man and it's what a fucking story and i can't wait to talk to her about it it's gonna be brilliant but don't worry for all you film friday fans or just movie fans or just people that are sound and are like oh give kev a listen the Film Friday podcast will be back in two weeks with another spectacular guest and talking about a spectacular movie. But until then, Owen, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye. Uh, I think Sinead there said goodbye as well. So, yeah, uh, silently. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and we will talk to you next week. Next two weeks. Bye. Bye.